So my cat's weird, and if you hear any crinkle, crinkle, crinkle in the background, it's because my cat doesn't play with toys. He plays with um, packaging paper. I mean, that's way cheaper than toys, though. So it kind of works out, you know? True, but all the toys that I went through to, to, mm. buy, to buy for him, and then I, I leave out brown packaging paper, and then he starts playing with, with it more than any toy I've ever given him, is so infuriating. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, <laughs> that sounds correct. Because, I mean, any kind of cat gremlin, that's, that's the way it goes. So, I mean, I love him, but oh, now he's playing. <laughs> I was about to say, I heard the little, the little mouse. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's been a. He has been. He's, he's been so a. Cute. Look at him. Do you see him? Do you right he's so cute. He's such a. He's been such a psycho. These. There he goes. Now he's running around. All right, because he knows we're talking about him. Anyways, I love him. You, you have a retail story to tell. I do. It's a fucking tail boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Now I work in retail as everyone is aware. Uh, and people do some stupid shit in retail, right? <laughs> like, just, like, I don't know what is happening, but, like, people are fucking stupid. No offense to all of you. But, <sighs> so we had um, thieves are in particularly very stupid, right? Oh, yeah. So we had a guy come through the checkout line, and we sell at this particular store um, scopes for guns, right? Mm. And we'll sell anything from like $35 up to a thousand. Uh, cause they make gun scopes that are fucking thousand dollars. Yeah. My dad bought a thousand dollar gun scope and yep. I about had a fucking stroke on the spot. But yep. anyways, go ahead. Okay. Well, this, this fella whose name shall be changed for legal reasons, um, walks up to the, <laughs> like one of our, one of our gun counter boys walks him up to the, the front with this thousand dollar scope. Sets it down. He goes, all right, bud, you have a good day. And walks back to the gun counter. And this fellow goes, all right, yeah, this is what I want. And, like, buys it and a couple other things and pays with his credit card. So that's all fine, right? Normal transaction. Everything is cool. He leaves. This was not in my register. I just know about it because it is what it is. So that happens. Uh, six minutes go by. I'm on lunch. Six minutes go by. I come back. Uh, probably, like, nine minutes later. In that six minutes, six minutes went by, this fella comes in, returns this gun scope, uh, and leaves. My boy, who had done this transaction, this return, uh, he comes up to me when I come back from lunch, and he's like, you'll never guess, I just had a dude, like, return a thousand dollar scope, isn't that weird? And I went, what? What do you mean, what? And I went, where is it? And he goes, it's right here. And I just, something felt off. Because if you're going to spend $1,000 on something, you know damn fucking well you want it. Right? Right. Right. So I was like, oh, no, that does not sit right with me. So I pull this scope out and I sit it up on the counter and I flip it open and I unzip it because it's in this really nice, like, uh, mesh case dealio for protection, you know? Right. Zip that bitch open and there's something in there, right? There's a scope in it. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I pull it out and I went, this is not $1,000 make. It was a $55 different brand scope that he had shoved <gasps> in there and returned. <gasps> that's a lot of money. That is a that's, federal crime. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah, I know. And that, that is a federal crime, which in Tennessee can get you two to 15 years in prison <sighs> for that amount of money. So immediately Whoa. I'm screaming for a manager to come up front as I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. This moron paid for this with a debit card or credit card with a credit card, credit card that has all of his information attached to the credit card. 
What a what a fucking idiot. So we're going to call cash. this guy. We're we're going to call this call this guy John Smith. All right. So John Smith signed his receipt that he returned this this scope, right? And we have him on camera both times. So I have the re- this receipt and I'm like, okay, I'm going to call Treasury right the fuck now. <laughs> so I get my managers up front and I'm like, hey, this is what happened. I, I don't, I'm so sorry. I just got back from lunch and I walked into this shit show. This is what I'm doing. I'm trying to like void it out so he doesn't get his money back. Like, uh. so I'm in the middle of typing this super dramatic email. <laughs> my manager is like, what the fuck? Like, she's pissed. My husband comes in to drop off like lunch for me or something. I don't remember. He was for something. And I looked at him and I was like, we just got got for a grand. And he went, I don't know what that means, but I'm sorry. (laughs) I was like, it's fine. It means somebody stole a lot of money. It's okay. And he's like, did you get robbed? And I was like, no, it's worse. I'll explain later. (laughs) Oh, God. So I'm typing out this email and it, oh, my goodness. So. Then, in addition to my manager, who happens to be, like, the asset protection manager, she calls the store director up. So the store director comes up front, and he's like, what the fuck happened? And he's just as mad. And I'm like, go talk to the other one. Let me do this. Hold on. So they talk for a minute. I'm almost done with my email, because I'm, like, shaking. I'm so angry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm so pissed off. I'm like, this this motherfucker. Like, I'm so mad. Uh, So they come back out, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, we got his name off of his credit card. Don't worry about it. We're going to go call the police now. And I was like, all right, cool. And then (sighs) my store director's like, hey, CC, like, this person and this person on that email for me and me as well. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And then he calls one of the person, like, one of the people that he's uh, having me CC on the email who happens to be the, like not regional asset protection person, but the company-wide asset protection person. So he's like, hey, man, my person is sending you this email. Make sure to get this done as quickly as possible. And he was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I got it. So then I send the email and I don't hear anything else the rest of the day. Two days later, this motherfucker called the store because his card got recharged and he wants to get it fixed. So he's going to come by the store to get it fixed. And the police are going to be there, right? Yeah. yeah. So we haven't reached our epic conclusion of what happened to Mr. John Smith. Ah! But it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Because this dumb motherfucker, we know where he lives. We know his address. We know his name. We probably know his social security number. This poor man. He's he going to jail. Man. He going Fuck to him. jail. Like, so like, did the store recharge the credit card and yes. then they're going to arrest them? Yep. So Get we're fucked. getting our money. And we're also going to put this gentleman into uh, prison for a while. I'm here for it. I'm yeah, because justice. like fucking twenty dollars. We have people try and steal twenty, a hundred dollars all the time. Like that's a daily occurrence because it's a retail store. But a thousand dollars? Oh no, Sonny Jim! Absolutely not. We're gonna prosecute forever. This poor guy. He's so stupid. Who uses <laughs> their credit card? Idiot. Huh. Use cash. Use cash, kids. Pay attention. And to be fair, John Smith would have gotten away from it, like, away with it if it had been cash. Like, absolutely would have gotten away with it. I feel like there should be a policy where if it's, like, over a $200 item and it's packaged in a box, you have to take it out of the box and actually verify. Because he could have thrown, for all intents and purposes, a dildo in there and just been like, here you go. Yep. Like. Yep. That's the, the problem. Um. This this cashier who did this transaction is very sweet, very good guy, brand new, brand spanking new. 
had mm. never had any conversation about something like this. Uh, so, like, he opened it and he looked and saw there was a scope in there and closed it back up. He didn't okay. check to see if it was a different brand. So, okay. like, he, he did okay. And I, I swear, I thought that kid was going to cry. Like, I thought he was, he was like, I'm going to get fucking fired today. That's what's going to happen. I was like, no, 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 it's fine. Shit happens. We're going we're gonna to take care of it. It's fine. Poor baby. Yeah. I was like, honey, no, it's okay. It's okay. So yeah, it's uh it's been a what a time. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Don't don't I, fucking steal things. I'm gonna text you every day to, mm-hmm. to remind you to get that update because I wanna oh, know yeah, what happened. Absolutely. As soon as okay, I know, great. I'll let y'all know. Okay, great. Ooh. So to 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 make you I know you're I, I see you're a little red. Yeah, so I'm, a little, I'm a little upsetty. I know. It's fair. Like it's I would be too. Like fuck that guy. Like how absolutely. dare you? <laughs> uh, do you wanna hear a funny story real quick about yes, what please. I did at work? That yes, I please. thought I was going to be fired about. God, yes. Tell me. <laughs> okay. So I'm new to everything. Mm-hmm. Like the industry, being in an office, things. I don't know things. I don't know how things work. Stuff so. and things, you know. Right. So I sit in, in these meetings to try to kept, catch up to speed. But it's all Greek to me. And I literally have no idea what the fuck is going on. Like I'm slowly picking it up. But it, it's just it's just the name of the game. Like it's just so acronymy and just. Oh, yeah. God, I don't yes. know what's. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, so I'm just like, what's going on? So usually during meetings, my, I have a very cool coworker, and I'll always message him on Skype and be like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on? Like, please, please translate for me." So he'll like just tell me, I'll, like, kind of catch me up to speed and like translate for me, so I know what's going on, right? So like, I am used to meetings during meetings texting him on the thing, right, on our computers. Yeah. Okay, so I'm in the middle of a meeting. And um, he's hosting the meeting. So, like, we are seeing his computer screen. <gasps> oh, no. And um, the team lead's there. I'm there. And oh, no. the, fourth, the fourth guy's there. So, <laughs> so I can't pay attention because I don't know what's going on. Like, there's been so many times where I've fallen asleep during meetings. Not so many times. There's been a just small handful of times where I've Just actually, a few times. <laughs> just a few times. Where I've fall, like, dead ass fallen asleep during the meeting because i don't know what's going on and it put me to sleep because i'm like i don't know what's going on so we're, we're like 45 minutes deep into this fucking meeting i have no idea what's being said i have no idea what's going on and and because i'm tired i shoot my friend my coworker, a message that just says oh my god i can't pay attention because i have no idea what's being said and this just so happened to not be to him was it it was to him <gasps> oh no but you're scared he's sharing a screen and he was sharing a screen oh no so all of a sudden in the, his skype screen that i see i see my name pop up in the corner and all you fucking see in this little blip is katie groves and right underneath it says oh my god i can't pay attention <laughs> <laughs> but you want to know who was paying attention <laughs> your my- boss my fucking team lead was paying attention and saw that so so my friend and the team lead were talking and all of a sudden like i know like he like mutes his mic and he like whispers my team lead's not in the building my team lead's in another building so that's why we were doing this so he like slams his mic shut and he whispers he's like why did you uh, he says something like why did you send me that or like everyone can see that and so i like whisper back very loudly i was like press ignore (laughs) and so he whips this thing down and hits the ignore button and it like fucks off and i'm like so i'm just like oh my god oh like i like 
I know my I know my team lead's never gonna say anything about it because I mean yep. it's honestly true. I can't pay attention when I don't know what's going on, but I'm trying my best. But as soon as we hung up from that fucking meeting, both he and I just started scream laughing. Like we just busted out laughing so loud. He was oh like, Why God. did you do that? And I was like, I forgot you were presenting. You never present. I thought it was on the team lead's t- screen and <laughs> but I was like, to be fair, I also couldn't pay attention because the fourth member of our team, which is on the other side of my cubicle, was talking to his wife about spaghetti during the meeting. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> I'm going the fuck home. You should have leaned over and been like, angel hair or regular spaghetti? What are you <laughs> doing? Hair. Fettuccine? What, how <laughs> you doing? Rig- rig- rigatoni? Like, what are you doing? Linguini? <laughs> what kind of spaghetti? <laughs> <sighs> so at any rate, I was just like, "Oh God, my my team lead is never gonna say anything." But that no. was I, he he probably laughed. Like to be honest, like for you sure, think he's 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 professional, but he's also the type of person. Like I sat next to him one time, and I thought he was like super professional during all these meetings. But he'll mute his mic and start laughing about things, and I'm just like, he's yep. he actually probably laughed at that. So oh, probably <laughs> he's probably like, well, at least we have somebody that has a personality. good times i'm pleased (laughs) yeah 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 but you want to know what also has a personality what (laughs) (laughs) spooky stories (laughs) yeah they do Okay. <clears throat> what do you want? Uh, booty ass, please. Again? Are you sure? Yeah, booty ass again. Give me that booty <sighs> ass. All right. Oh, look at that. Patreon updated uh, their term terms of. Ooh. Yeah. Fancy. Um, what do you want? Booty ass. Ew, booty, booty ass. ass. Okay. Jesus. Hello, hello, cat. Hi, baby. I miss you. Don't stare. No, go the fuck away. Okay. I love him. I thought he was going to jump on me. (laughs) Holy shit. All right. No, 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 no. (laughs) Damn it. it. I think Uh, I have a quarter. Do you need me to quarter? No, I I just, my shirt's, my work shirt's really tight and I couldn't get my arm out because of my muscles and. (laughs) Oh, what a problem to have. Shut up. I couldn't reach my quarter. My muscles are too big. The shirt's so tight. My muscles. Fuck off. This is what happens when you grow into a schmedium. I can hear you. I know. I'm aware. It did land on booty ass. Ha, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. A schmedium. Yes, my arms are a medium. My my torso is actually an extra small, which is annoying. An extra schmedium. (sighs) (laughs) I was going to look up the tiers for Patreon, but I'm just... Medium and investigator? Yeah, but like, no, 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 no. Oh, what they do? <laughs> yeah, I keep getting out of here. And I'm like, they do a thing. And like, they do that's some so. Stuff. I, sh- I should fucking know what they do. And I can't find it right now because I think I'm almost there. Am I there? Tears. No. Okay. I don't know. Here we are. You know what? Don't it worry about it. it. Is. It's fine. Um, It's fine. Everything's fine. So if you want to support us. <laughs> And, and, us not shit knowing, show. and us not knowing what the fuck is going on with our podcast, uh, be sure to head on over to Patreon at patreon.com slash haunt her. I barely know her. <gasps> we were supposed to record a Patreon this week, but we, record, record, <laughs> we recorded last week. 
I hate it here. So um, we got more coming down the chute. Yeah, we're working on it. One because step at had, a time. Yeah, we had one come out. But um, um, yeah, two tiers, $7 tier for investigators. And no, $5 tier is investigators. $7 tier is um, medium. medium. And you get bonus content on medium. And you get a sticker I will send you personally in the mail. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, sticker. That's that. You Great. go first. Great. I'm so cool. glad. Zoe, Zoe yeah. Nilton, please tell me. Okay, so uh, today we're going to learn about the Pascagoula alien abduction. Pascagoula. 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 Hey, hey, what are you having for dinner? I'm having a goula. Pascagoula. Fuck. Hey, pass the goula. <laughs> <laughs> that worked um, out pretty well. What, um, where? Where the fuck, where is that? Where is, Pascagoula, where's Mississippi. Yeah. What? You heard me. Mississippi. I feel like there's probably some cultural appropriation in that. I just, I'm feeling it in my bones, but go Pascagoula? ahead. Pascagoula? Probably. I mean, it is Mississippi. As someone who is also a Southerner, it is. It is the South. Pasca. Pascagoula. Pasca. Pascagoula. It, it almost looks like Gouda cheese. Gouda <laughs> Pasca- cheese. Pasca Gouda. All right, Pasca go ahead. Gouda. Okay. Go, go ahead. So, on the evening of October 11th, 1973, 19-year-old Calvin Parker and 42-year-old Charles Hickson ran into the Jackson County, Mississippi Sheriff's Office in an absolute panic. They claimed that they had been abducted by aliens. That's... Those are two, like, age... You said 19 and 42? 42, Yes. Are they co-workers? Why is a 19 yes. hanging out with a 40? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they were okay. co-workers who liked to fish. So, Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, cool, yeah. Cool, cool. So Calvin Parker uh, had just been hired by F.B. Walker and Sons Shipyard that Charles was actually the foreman at. So okay. Charles helped Calvin get his job, which is really sweet, right? That's nice. It's good stuff. So to celebrate Calvin Parker's first day, the two men decided to go fishing at an abandoned boat launch and the men were uh, talking about Calvin's upcoming wedding, which was a month away. And they were just hanging out, having a good time, enjoying themselves. Um, when Calvin Parker actually... Yes. I was going to say their first fucking mistake was you never go anywhere abandoned. Correct. It's haunted. Right. Put it on the list. Obviously. <laughs> no. Abandoned fishing, abandoned boat launch, uh, haunted. Yeah, boat Put launch, it on the yeah. list. Absolutely. Well, there's bigger boat launches like 20 feet away. So that's why it's abandoned. Oh. It's not like far away abandoned. Oh, so, yeah. All right, never mind. So, I mean, it's fine. It is what it is. No. So when they actually, <laughs> they, they drove to a different part on the Pascagoula River originally, and then they weren't getting any fish. So they were like, this is stupid. And Charles was like, come on, boy, I can show you a good place. And then they drove back. <laughs> well, they're from Mississippi. So they drove back. <laughs> Your cat just fucking <laughs> rose out of nowhere. Fucking, oh my God. He just- was asleep. <laughs> Yeah, but I just see a cat just, like, like <laughs> levitate onto the screen. Like, I never saw him there, and all of a sudden, just cat just stretched onto the screen. And I never, I did not screen record that, so it's, yeah. Um, <laughs> that I'm, was great. scared the fuck. I thought there was a ghost cat behind you. I was about <laughs> to scream, but I was like, oh, I know that cat. That dumbass cat. Oh, my God. Oh, that I'm was so great. Thank you. That's all I ever wanted. Oh, that was, that was good. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I don't remember where I was at. (laughs) 
<laughs> they're going they're they weren't catching fish and yeah. he was and he was like come on boy i'm gonna show you a better fishing spot yeah exactly okay. okay so they get to this this abandoned boat launch and they park the car and they're walking up and there's all these like no trespassing signs and parker was like oh shit no 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 you were gonna get me arrested let's not do this and hickson was like no no come on it's gonna be fine so they go and they fish Whew. Whew. That, I'm still, that was I'm the, trying to recover. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say that's the aliens trespassing sign. That's where they fucked up. But go yeah, ahead. exactly. See, there we go. Problem. So they were still there fishing after sundown, and Hickson was getting ready to get some more fishing bait when he heard what he described as like a zipping noise. And when he looked up, he saw this blue flashing light. And Parker had been, like, looking off the boat launch and, like, seeing a boat that was out in the water made out of steel. And he was just like, now how does something like that made out of steel float? And he was just looking at that, thinking about that while with his little fishing pole. And then he breaks out of those thoughts when he sees a blue flashing light in front of him that's, like, coming from behind him. So he turns around to see the same thing that Charles sees because he's like, ah, shit, the cops are here. We're going to get arrested. <laughs> nah. So... so they both turn around and they see a 30 foot long object with a little dome on the top 30 feet long yes a 30 foot long object the thing was hovering like two feet above the ground too that's a big soul bitch it is like right right behind them like slint like was it like a like a pizza pie 30 feet long or are we talking Uh, like hot dog 30 feet long hot dog 30 feet long i think i think it was cigar shaped hot dog 30 feet long Okay. <laughs> Thank you for Hot dog or pizza somewhere. <laughs> Thank you for understanding what I was trying to get at. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I got you. I got you. So as they're looking at this thing, they see that it's hovering, and then they see these three creatures emerge from it. And as soon as they th- see those creatures, they are paralyzed, cannot move. So that's cool. That's a good that's, that's a good way to start the day. Yeah, that's... Uh, Not great. That's uh, That always upsets me to, like hear that in like in alien stories where it's like dumb primal humans just paralyze them and take up take them in it's just like are we really that much like cattle yeah like are we really that low on the yes we are i'm not gonna finish that absolutely a hundred percent yeah all right so these creatures grab them with pincer like claws and drug them up toward the floating craft. So two of them went for Hickson, the older gentleman, and then one of them grabbed Parker, the 19-year-old. So neither one of them could really clearly see what was happening, since the lights from the craft were so bright, it almost blinded them. So as they were taken to the threshold of the craft, they were injected with what Parker calls a go-to-hell shot, which is something that just made them, like, they were terrified. It just made them apathetic. So they didn't give a shit what was happening. So that's Whoa. cool. That's cool, right? Whoa. Good times. That's that's almost in line with those two people. Guardian um, Betty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Gross. I don't like it. Yeah. I hate it. I don't like it very much. So once they were aboard the craft, they were taken down a hallway to a room, like to each individual rooms. Uh, this is from Parker's perspective. Um They were placed on examination tables made out of glass, and Parker describes the creature that left him there, like, that had, like, gotten him and brought him inside was, like, this gray, wrinkly thing. Kind of small, not, like, super big. Like a, anytime someone's, like, a little little gray, like, wrinkle, like, small and wrinkled, I'm like, Mm. (laughs) like a a little ball sack. Kind of, (laughs) but with arms and legs. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Someone draw that. I need a ball sack with arms and legs and gray, Please. and that's the alien in the story. Please. Thank you. Thank you so at much. At me. At me. Okay, cool. <sighs> Gimme. All right. So as the creature <laughs> left the room, as the ball sack left the room, uh, <laughs> something about the size of a deck of cards that was like square came out of the ceiling and circled around making clicking noises. So Parker recalls, quote, I never thought about it until here recently, but it was like this MRI I was in, except the click wasn't that loud. So that's kind of spooky that he oh. has something to like anchor it to. That freaks me out a little. So after it circled him a few times, it went back up into the ceiling. So after that, a similar creature entered the room to the first one. Like, not like, quite like, the same. Like, like ball sack number two? No. Slightly <laughs> different. Like, not humanoid, but like Uncanny Valley in the kind of like humanoid it was. Like, almost human, but like not human. Ugh. Like, obviously not, but like not so obvious that it's something different. Oh, so he just went and changed, is what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. Although, okay. when Parker describes it, this being almost felt feminine to him. Like, he always refers to it as she. Huh. Which kind of freaks me out a little. I was like, eh, that's kind of gross. For some reason, that just is kind of gross to me. Ooh. <coughs> so he felt better with this creature in the room than he did the previous creature. He could only move his head. He couldn't move, like, any other part of himself. So he, like, he rolled his head toward it to, like, look at it. And he described it looked pretty similar to a human, except for its middle fingers were quite a bit longer than normal human middle fingers. Uh. <laughs> I don't like that. Ugh, you're not going to like this either. I'm so sorry, everyone. So at this point, the creature crossed the room to him, grabbed his jaw, opened his mouth, and put its fingers into his throat. Those big, that's, long middle fingers just down his throat. That's the opposite of anything that I could have possibly wanted to have happen yep. with those middle fingers. Yep. Why? Yep. So he starts gagging because yeah. it's not like the thing is just like putting its hand down there. It's like touching and like trying to investigate like what is what makes up the human esophagus. Bite. Ugh. Couldn't because, you know, apathy sh shot. Ugh. Gross. So he's choking, uh, gagging. And this thing looks at him and almost, he feels almost like it thinks to him, like, calm down, it's going to be okay. Um, and then as it's, like, pulling its fingers back out of his face, it makes this noise. Like, Parker described it, if you've ever heard, like, an alligator mating call, the way that the sound vibrates the air around you, that's, that's mm. kind of the sound it made. Okay. Ugh. After that... The creature, like that creature left, and the original one that had brought Parker and Hickson onto the craft returned, got them up, took them outside, and just tossed them out. So they just got, like, throat fucked, uh -huh. and then just thrown out in the streets. Yep. 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 Ew! On the bank of this river, yeah, absolutely. So the two men freaked the fuck out, uh, started talking to each other, and were like, we cannot tell another living person what just fucking happened to us. We cannot do it. It didn't happen. Nope. Which is fair. I think I would have that same response. I guess. Yeah. 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 So they're both in shock. They return to the car, only to find that the passenger door window was completely shattered, but shattered and still in the frame. So, oh. like, if you move it, it's gonna fall out, but, like, completely still together. Which is kind of gross. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. So they open the door. Window falls out. This car, which is pretty much brand new, had never had any engine issues, never had any, like, car issues, troubles at all, right? Failed to start several times. 
Until finally, the engine turned over and it just sounded rough. So on the drive home, Hickson, which is the older gentleman, changed his mind and decided that they needed to tell somebody what had happened. So he calls uh, Kessler Air Force. No. Yeah. Kessler Air Force Base in a place that starts with a B and has an X in it. How the fuck do you say that? Biloxi? Sure. Let's spell it. Spell B- it. B i l o x i, Biloxi. I got nothing better, so go ahead. Cool, Biloxi, <laughs> uh, and explained what had happened to them, like not super in detail, but just like a quick, dirty rundown of like, hey, this just happened. What the fuck? And as soon as the story's done, the guy that's like on the phone from the Air Force is like, oh, we don't handle UFO reports anymore. Because this was right after Project Blue Book ended. So they were like, yeah, that's not us. Sorry, man. You need to go Fuck. call your uh, your local authorities. So they're like, well, that sucks. So here we are back at the beginning at the police station. Yes. Biloxi. Biloxi? Oh, yeah, not work. Bilox. Biloxi. Biloxi. I'll take it. Okay. Biloxi. <laughs> Ooh. Kessler Air Force Base in Biloxi. There you go. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So after the men told the sheriffs their story of course the sheriffs were like that's bullshit you making that up like you're either making it up drunk or you're on drugs or all three like something is wrong here that's not true so after the interview they left both men in the same room with a tape recorder they didn't know was in the room so they had a secret tape recorder and just hit record and we're like all right we'll be back and walked out and they were expecting the men to either like start cooperating their story or like embellishing it together or even just dropping it and talking about like, Oh, we got him real good. That didn't happen. (laughs) Did not happen. Uh, They just kept talking about how scared they were. And uh, this is a fun quote. I found quote. We did everything we knew to try and break their stories. Jackson County Sheriff Captain Glenn Ryder told the post in 1975. If they were lying to me, they should be in Hollywood. Whoa. Whoops. Both men, over the course of their lives, had multiple polygraph tests, and they always passed. Oh, shit. Yep, multiple stress tests, and always passed. So that's cool. So, overnight, the story became a national news sensation. So the two men showed up for their shift at the the shipyard the next morning. There were easily 200 reporters waiting for them. I, I, I don't know... If I would, if I would, um, if I would have told anybody just because I don't want to be a national sensation just because I got throat fucked by an alien. I think that would be like a, yeah, that would be a hard pass for me. Like that's not how I want to, that's not how I want to go out, you know? Oh, absolutely not. No. Oh my God. No. I mean like when you're 42, it's kind of like, well, I mean, I'm almost like work to retirement you know it is what it is but like this 19 year old kid not so much yeah not such a good time so in addition to the reporters there was a ufologist two of them dr j allen hynek and dr james harder that arrived within 36 hours of the event to interview and hypnotize both parker and hickson oh yeah 36 hours very fucking quickly so, Dr. Hynek was uh, the scientific advisor for three major UFO studies by the U.S. Air Force. Project Sign, Project Guard, and Project Blue Book. So, he oh, was sh- the scientific advisor for all three, and he was like, I'm gonna go interview this motherfucker. Oh, shit. 
Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's a big deal. So Hickson, the older man, seemed more content to tell his story to anybody that would listen. Like, if someone asked him any questions, he was like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about it. You come sit down. We'll talk about it. Not a big deal. He would do interviews. He did uh, conferences, like UFO conferences and stuff. Like, no problem at all. He also published a book in 1983 about his experiences. And he went on Johnny Carson and Dick Cavett which were both just like uh, interview radio or like TV shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interview shows. Parker, on the other hand, absolutely hated it. Did not do well. Um, He told the media that he had passed out at the very beginning and he could not remember what happened on the ship. He refused to tell them what actually happened. He was like, nope, nope, I don't remember. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So he almost immediately afterward lost his job at the shipyard because... People would just show up and reporters would show up and they would start asking him questions while he was at work. And this followed him for years. Uh, Any job that he had, he would start. A reporter would get wind that that's where he was working. They would show up and annoy the fuck out of everybody there until he got fired. Ah, yep. That sucks. That's kind of some bullshit. Um, So eventually he started going by the name Randy to avoid people bothering him. So he had to change his name. Oof, that sucks. Yeah. Years passed, and in 2011, his friend Hickson passed away. Um, During his life, he would attend conferences and speak about the events of the night, happy to share his experiences with others who had similar stories. And Parker continued to keep himself away from any kind of, like, publicity, anything, up until recent years. Uh, Oh. Yeah, with the help and encouragement of his wife, Wynette, he got a in contact with Philip Mantle, a man who has published, um, who has a publishing business called Flying Disc Press. All <laughs> uh, right, that was pretty good. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. So Mantle was the former director of investigations for the British UFO Research Association and the former uh, Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON as it's known, uh, representative for England. So like he's well known within the UFO community. <sighs> So Parker agreed to use, his, use Mantle's company to publish his book with one stipulation. Uh, so his wife encouraged him, hey, you know, like, maybe it's time that you tell everybody what happened because it's been messing with you for years. Why don't right. you just talk about it? And he's retired now. He's in his 60s. Um, and he decided, you know, what the hell? Why not? So he wrote his book with one stipulation to be published. Absolutely nothing that he had written could be changed, regardless of if it was a typo, poor grammar, whatever. He wanted the entire thing to be his and his alone. Oh. Yeah. So. Okay. uh, Okay. That was fine with Mantle. So they published the book. And to both of their incredible surprise, the book has been a massive success and even showed up on the New York Times, like, bestseller list. Uh, It's a, it's sold on Amazon. It's called The Closest Encounter. Uh, my story, I believe. Let me actually grab this. Make sure I'm saying the right name. Yeah. The Closest Encounter, My Story. is what it's called. Pascagoula. Pascagoula, The Closest Encounter, My Story. Calvin Parker. Yep. And he actually... It's expensive. It's $26. Yep. It's expensive. So, uh, he actually wrote a second part to it, um called The Story Continues, or Pascaluska, The Story... Pascagoula. My bad. 
in 2019, this is the, the most fun fact in my opinion. I really like this. Um, a historical marker was placed near the Pascagoula River across the river from the site where this abduction took place. Like, a historical marker is there. Like, that's crazy. Like, commemorating the um, abduction. That's it's nuts. wild. Yeah. After the book's publication and the historical marker, marker, more witnesses have actually started to come forward. So a woman named Maria Blair was on the east bank of the river near, near where the marker is now, waiting for her husband to leave, like, on a boat to go do offshore work. They were in the car, waiting. Uh, Jerry, her husband, fell asleep, and Maria saw this strange blue light streaking back and forth across the sky until it came to settle across the river. She thought it was like a plane or a helicopter or something and didn't really think too much about it. Um, mm -hmm. The blue light continued moving without noticeable sound for about 30 minutes, so it just sat there and hung out for 30 minutes, which is what we now assume the time frame was for when both men went onto the craft from when they left the craft. Uh Oh. Yeah, because she saw the thing come down, settle on the ground, and just chill. So that's fun, right? Then, after that 30 minutes, it zipped out of sight. Here's where her quote comes in. She says, We hear this loud water, just like something fell in the water. It was a loud splash. The water was just rippling, and when I looked down is when it looked like a person in the water. It was looking right... It was looking up at me. Uh, what? Yeah. I don't know what that's about. She doesn't know what that's about. Nobody knows what that's about. But that happened, and that's gross and weird. Okay. So Maria wanted to share her story immediately after she learned what happened the next day. Um, she wanted to tell Parker and Hickson, you know, you're not crazy. I saw something happen. Like, I didn't know you guys were getting abducted, but, like, I saw the thing. But her husband was like, no, no, no. Let's not do that, because people are going to think you're crazy. And, I mean, this was the 70s. Like, it's not a good idea, right? True. True, true, so, true. So now Maria... And Calvin Parker have met 45 years later on the banks of that same river, like at in 2019, when the historical marker was placed, they got to meet for the first time, share their stories and are now like really close friends because they both went through something pretty fucked up. And that's that is the Pascagoula alien story. Wild. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. A lot of things wow. happened. Wow. You always you always have great stories. Oh, thanks. That's a good one. Thanks. I thought it was a pretty good one. But like, I want to know what his what happened to him. Which one? Wait, Calvin Parker. Parker. Um, I guess I gotta read the book. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say like I gave you like a little bit, a little bit of what happened to him. Uh, that's just like some of the stuff that he talks about. Um, now he'll actually attend conferences. Um, he and his wife will go to conferences and like. He'll tell his story, and the whole time she's just, like, so proud of him and so excited that he's able to actually talk about it. Um, there was a point in their marriage that he he wouldn't talk about it, and he was so twisted and messed up just with what was happening. He's very open about this, but he and his wife actually got a divorce for a short period of time because he couldn't handle what, was, what he was going through emotionally. And after a period of time, they were able to reconcile and get back together. Um, and she's she's really helped him, like, realize that's fucked up. You need to talk about that or it's going to eat you up. So. Wow. Yeah. So he does, like, conferences and will tell the story and stuff. But, yeah. It's a mess. Good, good, good for them and their communication. They're so that's, cute. That's so sweet. I like that. It makes me happy that they can, like, work through stuff together. 
Yeah. Look at the look at the lip. Look at the lip. Well, that's that's pretty cool. That's that's I like a little happy ending there. Yeah. And <clears throat> all three of the books are available on Amazon, uh, both the ones by Parker and the one by Hickson. Give them a read. One of them one of them had the little ball sack alien on there. Oh, probably. Absolutely. Ah, <laughs> uh. <gasps> oh, I love it. Okay. Okay. That's that's wild. That's a little bit more like in depth than I thought was gonna happen. Mine's not Me that too. I yeah. was actually really surprised when I got into it because I wasn't expecting it to be as in depth as it was. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Yes. This is the part of the episode where we give shout outs to our newest Patreon members. I feel like there should have been a transition there, but I got nothing. It's I fine. I can't remember. I can't remember the last thing that was said. Anyways, um, but we don't have any Patreon members this week, and that is a okay. So if you want to get a shout out on our show, be sure to head over to our Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash hot her i really know her and if you want to help us out be sure to drop a review on itunes say hi say we swear and that you love it that'd be great um spotify be sure to smash that follow button and anywhere else you're listening to us please be sure to do that thing because if you like what we do rate and review Thanks. jazz hands jazz hands i was doing them down here but you <laughs> jazz, jazz hands. okay are you ready for mine yeah tell me spook me Mine's not as spooky as yours, but it's pretty interesting. That's okay. I like it. I try to make it funny. Gimme. Okay. You ready? Yeah. I, Katie Groves, will be covering the Sunny Days Verges Vergers. Day Virgin? Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm going to go look at it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I fucked this up and I should have Googled this beforehand and I didn't because I'm a wiener. Right? Day Vergers? That sounds better. We're going to call him Sonny, though. Okay. We're just going to call him Sonny. Okay. So, Sonny Boy, uh, his story takes place on a Midsummer's Night Eve on August 19th. <laughs> Mid- that- Midsummer Night's Dream. Wait. Eve. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got my reference? Okay, cool. Yeah, I did. Uh, Hello, August Shakespeare. Ni- Thank you. And August 19th of 1952. So, we're <gasps> going back a little bit further. 52. In the Florida Everglades. I didn't know this, but Florida is actually a big hot spot for UFOs. Oh, well, that's interesting. It does kind of look like a dick, so that makes sense, I guess. What? (laughs) How? No, 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 no. Time out. Pause. Do you need need an explanation? Yes. Okay, so a lot of people always talk about getting probed, so I just assume, like, sex organs are interesting to aliens. Oh. Yeah, see? Makes sense, right? I guess. Kind of? Like, adjacently. It adjacently makes sense. Okay, we'll go with adjacently. Okay, yeah. Most of my humor is adjacent humor. Okay, like, like, stop, but don't stop. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, like, change, but never change, Yeah, I mean, like, Florida is the kickstand of the U.S., you know? (laughs) 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 Makes sense to me. (laughs) All right. So, this guy's a scoutmaster. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Talking about dick, and now it's the scoutmaster. You're fucking fired. I didn't mean to. This is another adjacent joke. Anyways. Ooh, ooh. Okay. It's going to get worse. He's 30. Oh, Christ. And was driving a group of Boy Scouts home. Okay. That's reasonable. That's that's what you do when you're a scout leader. Oh. Okay. Okay. I thought you... Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So um, they were they were out doing whatever the fuck Boy Scouts do. I don't right. know. I wanted, I wanted to be a Boy Scout, not a Girl Scout, and sell oh. fucking cookies. I actually wanted to learn life lessons, but, you oh. know, I have I mean, titties and a badge, but that doesn't find me as a woman. But... Well, I mean, they, I, they taught me, like, Girl Scouts taught me a lot of shit that the Boy Scouts didn't learn. Well, so. 
I guess you and I were in different fucking Girl Scouts because even true. both my dad and I went one day. We were both like, fuck no, we're not selling cook. Like, what? Like, where's the... And then yeah. they were like, we don't do that in this sector. And we're like, all right, fucking do That's this. fucking anyways, stupid. Yeah, so I wanted to join the Boy Scouts and do that shit, but no. Anyways, Sonny, Scoutmaster, he's 30. He's taking three boys home after whatever Boy Scouts were doing, right? So on their way home, they were in the West Palm Beach, Florida okay. area. Okay, cool. all right, specifically near Military Trail. If anybody Ooh. knows where that is, that's where it happened. They saw a bright white light. Ooh. Ooh. I like that, bright white light. <laughs> so, Sunny thought it might have been someone in trouble, but the, later when the boys, like, described it, it was like these white lights were coming out of the sky and, like, going into, like, this grove. So, why Sunny thought it was someone in trouble... And went to investigate. I have no idea what his thing, like train of thought was. He's also I mean, ex-Marine. So maybe. It could be like flares go up and then fall down. So maybe. Kay. But like even maybe. then those are red, not white. Right. So. Right. Um, I think at some point it did have red lights on it. Mm. The, 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 the story's a little old. So it's, it's, it's losing its, um, it's losing its touch, if you know what I mean. So. Yeah. Fair enough. It do it a be so he he sees these things he's like I'm a I'm a scout master I gotta do my duty to help so he arms himself with a machete and a flashlight let's go and he just heads off into this palmetto grove in search for this bright light okay he leaves the three boys in the car Bobby Ruffing twelve David Rowan eleven and Chuck Stevens ten okay with the instructions of Hey, there's a 15-minute program coming on the radio. If I am not back in 15 minutes, you're going to go over to that farmhouse right over there, and you're going to call the sheriff's department. That's reasonable. Okay, so that's that's the instructions the boys were given. So they were cool. like, we're Boy Scouts, we can do that. So Absolutely. So as as a person with a machete does, he starts hacking and whacking through like this fucking jungle, going Let's all go. like Johnny, going all Johnny Bravo and shit. Yeah. <gasps> um, <gasps> Yeah, he he says it takes him approximately four minutes to clear through the shit. Which, by the way, this is probably someone's property, and he's just hacking the shit out of it. Well, I mean, hey, if somebody's injured. I'd rather like I, pay you fifty dollars for fucking up your trees. Okay, than like somebody died. Bear. You know, bear, bear. That's I get bear. It. Okay, okay, all right. Well, we'll 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 uh, we'll retract that statement. So, gets into the clearing. And first thing he notices is a smell that he describes like burning metal. Yeah. And it makes him really nauseous. Yeah. And then he says he gets a really bad feeling like someone is watching over him. Yeah. Um, he says as he starts to um, walk out further, he says he feels this heat, like this heat is getting strong. Like he describes it as like being in an oven. Oh, like, no. It, and and he describes it as oppressively moist. Did this man die of cancer? Cause I don't know. This this sounds a lot like not some good stuff. I don't know. But he he said it was the air was oppressively moist. Okay. Okay. I don't know what like oppressive wetness how how that feels when it also <laughs> feels like you're in an oven. Like I'm not. That's what. I- that's what I didn't understand, but also, who the fuck says oppressively moist? <laughs> I mean, this man, obviously. Um, <laughs> I think I think he he now knows what it feels like to be a turkey that is repeatedly basted. 
oppressively moist. That's not what I thought you were going <laughs> to say. What do you think I was going to say? I'm not. I'm not. Like, I know. No, no I definitely thought about that. I definitely <laughs> thought about that. But I was like, mm, this, this, mm, we're going to try to keep it a little more Impressively uh, PG. Women, women's underwear. Anyways, <laughs> um, I said it. So, yeah, at one point, he's like, it's like a dry heat like in an oven. And then I found this quote of, he said, it's oppressively moist. Oppressively and then that just, moist. Just made me so fucking uncomfortable. Um, Yeah. So at any rate, huh? So so he's in this. So it, this is like a short time span that like this all happens because like next thing he knows is that he's like, where the fuck is this heat coming from? He looks up and he realizes he can't see any stars. Okay. But what he does realize is that he is standing underneath a hovering object. No, no. Dr- directly underneath it. I don't like that. It was circular, a dull blackish gray. Completely smooth with absolutely no seams. It was 30 feet across, 10 feet high, with a dome at the top, and the bottom edges of the craft had a soft glow to it. He said he was so close to it, he could reach out and touch it. I don't like that. I would shit my pants. So, uh, interesting enough, though, this is, I think, the first report that I think you and I have done, where he said that the craft was spewing exhaust. Huh. Which, right, which no aircraft is ever said to have. But I don't know if we've ever had an instance where, well, no, the last people were pretty fucking close and they didn't say it was spewing exhaust. But that was a light craft. This is more right. of like a like a solid craft, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they were just like up and coming aliens where they're just like, oh, they just got the technology, but they're still using fossil fuels and yeah. all the other aliens laugh at them like, ha ha, your, your spacecraft huh, you has suck. exhaust. <laughs> Look at our fancy thing, laughs and privilege. We we, we oh, use no. gravitational propulsion, and you're still using fossil whatever. fuels. What's you're wrong with you? You're never going to be able to hold on to the places you conquer if you just have to keep <sighs> destroying them. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> he says it's spewing exhaust. So when they asked him, did it smell like gas or diesel or anything like that, like he's used to, and he said it was not of any smell that he could compare it to or has oh. ever smelt in his life oh gross um he so this is an interesting point is i guess at some point he was able to even though he was underneath it i guess when he started to like back up away from it he could see up top yeah a a palm beach florida newspaper company interviewed him about okay. this encounter and they asked him if there was anybody up in the dome to which his response was there's something about that, but I can't tell you about it because the military officers asked me not to. Oh. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, so as he's standing under this, underneath this thing and he's realizing, oh, shit, this is, so this is when he starts to, like, back up away from it. Yeah. He says he remembers what sounded like metal on metal, and he kind of assumed, like, a hatch was opening or, like, something was happening in the ship. Um, depending on the story you read... There were supposedly red red lights on the ship, or there was only one that like turned on. So it, it kind of got a little convoluted of like what's happening. But at any rate, there's there is one red light. We do know that. Okay. So it was it was described as like a red flare light flare like light stuck out from the side of the ship, and it started to like rotate to like face him. So kind of like a, I guess like a, almost like a weapon. Yeah. Like it like stuck out of the side of the ship and then like the ship rotated Ooh. to point it at him. I don't like that. So he, 
this this again this is where the story gets a little convoluted apparently he put like his fist over his eyes because it was really blinding like it was still a bright ass red light and he like apparently put his hands over his eyes but then he says a red mist came out of the red light and the red mist engulfed him um so how did i guess maybe he looked down maybe he saw it i don't know so so this apparently a mist came out and then engulfed him and depending on who you ask he either just was knocked out by the exhaust but then in another case he was like he got shot in the face by a ball of fire jesus and then the exhaust knocked him out okay or or took an involuntary nap if you will so so regardless he's he is floor napping so yeah so regardless of the whole situation apparently he did get a shotgun blast right to the fucking face oh and and what made him pass out he's out whatever he's out okay he wakes up and apparently he's leaning against the tree oh and he starts hauling ass out of the palmetto grove reasonable right so he apparently his eyes got burnt a little bit so he said that like he couldn't see too well but like as he started running like they started to like clear up and he could see a little bit so he busts out of the clearing where he's met with local authorities and the boys he left behind or, depending on who you ask, authorities found him in the grove and got him out. Okay, so he was either still napping or he met them outside. Correct. Okay. At any rate. Or they found him stumbling around. Because apparently he was still being like, he was, he was like jabbering on about what was going on. And uh, he could not really articulate what the fuck was happening. And I don't think anybody could articulate what was happening if that happened to them. So that's understandable. It's, it's rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely not. I couldn't articulate shit. I mean, if you get a shotgun blast in the face of just a red fucking light, yeah, I mean... Yeah, no. Yeah, you do you, bro. Like, it's fine. So, one of the boys, Ruffing, the oldest one, the 12-year-old, recounted what he saw as his scoutmaster, Sonny, went into the grove on his one-man mission, right? Yes. So, the boy boy said that he witnessed a half-circle of white lights descend into the grove and then saw the same red-like lights that Sonny had claimed that he saw in his sighting. So, like, apparently all the boys also saw the red lights. Like, saw the red lights on the craft. Okay. Uh, the, so, apparently they counted that there were eight lights around the craft. And okay. when Sonny approached the lights, like, they assumed Sonny was approaching the light, they said that they could see through the brush that the lights had faded out. And they could see his flashlight, these eight lights that had faded. But once they saw his lights go out, they saw that red light explode like a roman candle so so i guess it lines up with sunny's description of he got shot in the face or had this had this red mist come about him yeah and apparently the boys saw that happen and that's when they ran off to the farmhouse to call the deputy that's good don't even wait don't even don't even fucking wait so a deputy and a constable showed up so after an hour so this so he was out for a while in the woods so apparently, apparently from this time, he saw the lights, and when he came out of the woods, that had been an hour. Damn. So he was out for a little bit. He went nappy nap. He took a good nappy nap. Real solid. Okay. And apparently one of the officers says that he, again, another story, he came out of, of, the, of, the, of the forest, wildly waving his machete and speaking incoherently. Awesome. Though the deputy later reported, he said, and I quote, In all my 19 years of law enforcement work, I've never seen anyone as terrified as he was. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So Sonny and the boys were obviously taken back to the station in question because you can't come, you know, running out of a, a, a grove wielding a machete like that and not be questioned. I mean, oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> you have a machete, sir. Are you okay? Sir, we need to what? have a conversation. Yeah, so when they got when they got Sonny in, they got him sitting down and everything, the officers noticed that the hair and skin on his forearms were burnt. Gross. No. Plus, plus there were three tiny burn holes in the bill of his hat. Ew. Which he later said that he sent the, the bill, his hat, off to the, the, the higher-ups in D.C. or whatever yeah. to be tested. So that, that comes in a little bit. So, but... Uh, the case the case makes its way up the chain of authorities in the UFO market, and it makes it all of, all the way to our our homeboy that we know and love, um, Rup Ruplet Rup. Yeah, that Rupelt, fella. Rupelt yeah. from Project Blue Book. Yeah, that fella. That guy. I I didn't write his name at the top, so I had to go find it in, in later in my notes, and I was like, ah, what's his name? So he says that it was one of the weirdest cases he has ever seen. And here, and we're, we're going to get into why. We're going to get into why Tell it was weird. So, guy, head of Project Blue Book, he starts gathering up his team, and he's he's going out, right? Like, he's ready to go. They go to the spot where he got smoke, red smoke shotgun blasted to the face, right? And they, they go back to his spot, and they find his flashlight and a spot in the glass where it looks like a person had laid in the grass. Like, it looks like a body imprint in the grass, and they find Ew. his flashlight. Yeah, oh. so. Because it's like, it's like, I think, not even a couple days later, they were already back out there. Okay, so that's probably so, where he took his involuntary nap. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, cool. for sure. Okay. So, so Project Blue Book people, they get statements from everyone, and the team actually grabs sample, samples of the grass from that area because it was burnt. Oh, that's probably smart. And they have it looked at and tested. So while that's going on, um, it eventually comes to light that Sonny's character is it's not a good one. It's oh, not no. a good character. Is not a good character. So he was dishonorably discharged from the U- from the U.S. Marines. Oh no! Because he may have or may not have stole a car. Okay. And then um, he it also he also tried to use bad checks at a gas station. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So so once this all kind of came to light, uh, locals just kind of started to believe he was spitting some mad stories. Um, head of PBB thought, uh, he, he believed Sonny in the first place. He was like, yeah, like, um, like that makes sense. Um, like that's like, I believe him. He's freaking out. Like it, like from what he's showing physically, um, it seems like he might be telling the truth. Right. Fair. However, however, Sonny did the real dumb thing and started to run with the publicity real hard. Yep. So all these headlines came out of like, Oh, he spoke with high brass, and here's what he said in the interview, and and it pissed Rupelt off. Like he was just like, I'm saying his name wrong, Rupelt. It pissed Rupelt off. He was like, like it like really annoyed him. Like it almost was like, how dare you? Like yeah. like an incident like this happened to you, and like you're being like he. Sonny hired a publicity manager. No, are a, you a kidding? Press, yes. Wow. Yep. So it was starting to look real sketch. Yeah. So they, they, yeah, bad, bad, bad. So they, they determined it was a hoax because they were like, you know what? Your, your character's coming into question. Like you probably made it up. Like, nah, 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 nah. So they determined it was a hoax. 
And one of the reasons why they thought so is because where the incident happened in the grove, they determined that there was no way that the boys in the car could see the red light through the thick vegetation because apparently the car on the road to where Sonny took his little nappy nap was 100 feet through really thick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to have a line of sight through 100 plus feet of stuff. Yep. Yep. So after they proved it, after they said it was a hoax and this, that, and the other, uh, Sonny's name was actually slandered in the American Weekly a, a year later. Oh, no. Like, he was actually totally discredited and, you know, nobody wanted to, like, fuck with him anymore. So, Ugh. but here's the thing. Here's why it was the weirdest case of all time. They couldn't actually prove that it was a hoax, ho- hoax because of the singed grass. Okay. So the grass was sent to... Battelle Memorial Institute, and I think I'm saying that wrong, but here we are, to be analyzed, and this is what they found. This is, this, is, this is all what it boils down to, folks. Okay. The soil from the grass samples uh, was completely fine. Like, the soil looked totally normal. There was, like, it looked like it was just dirt that had just been picked up out of the ground and sent to them. Nothing wrong with the soil. That's a little no indication. No indication of burning or being exposed to excessive heat. Okay. However, the roots of the grass in the dirt, right? Yeah. Were completely charred black. Okay. And the lower leaves of the gra- of the grass were completely deteriorated. That's not cool. Yep. To 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 duplicate what had happened to the grass, they had to put the grass in a 300 degree degrees Fahrenheit oven just to duplicate what had happened to the grass. But obviously that burnt the soil. Right. And that was it. They could not prove how the fuck the grass got burnt like that and not the soil. And that is the only instance that the Project Blue Book team has ever come across where that had happened. And that is the only reason. They still determined it was a hoax and that it wasn't a UFO. But that instance alone of the roots being completely fucked... And they can't prove why that happened. Yeah, that's really strange. Yep. Ew. Mm-hmm. And that is the um, Sunny UFO case. I'm not going to try and say his last name. That's fair. Well, that was that was interesting and strange and kind of kind of wild. Right? I don't know how to feel about it. I don't... Yeah. Hmm. But he proclaims... There's like a whole, like... There's actually a really good website. Um, Saturday Night Euphoria did... A very awesome, like, really, really, really long um, article on it and, like, actually pulled, like, Project Blue Book pages and, like, yeah. put it in there. And it's a really good read. Like, oh, I would cool. say, like, if you want to, if you actually want to read more, because obviously I don't want to put, like, all of the memorandums in there and, like, the letters in the, in, in, in the story. So, like, that's, that's, that's enough of the gist of what happened. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It's just the grass. How the fuck do you get completely charred black roots and then the, the soil's fine? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No. It's cool, but it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. 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 Hmm. So here we are. Huh. <laughs> well, thank you for teaching me about some weird alien shit. You know I like it. Alien, weird yep. alien shit. So. Ten out of ten. That was nice. Yeah. That was very good. Okay, okay cool. Yeah. Great. All right. Okay. Me, me, me and my shirt that's too tight for my muscles yeah. are gonna, are gonna wrap gonna, this up. Gonna wrap it. <laughs> Um, if you want to check us out, be sure to head on over to 
our website at hauntherbarelyknowher.com. We have a, a uh, contact page where you yeah. could drop a hi, drop a link, drop a suggestion, drop a drop a what is it? Drop a deuce, drop a. There's a song there. Anyways, I don't anyways, know. No, I'll have to Google it. Cool. Anyways, um, also if you got any spooky stories, be sure to hit us up with those. We love them. Yes, gimme, please, gimme. I don't gimme, care gimme. how big or small, just gimme. I don't think we'll ha- we're not gonna have enough for sixty five, yeah. but we're gonna we're gonna. I know it's unfortunate, so we're gonna come back strong. 75 and see what we can do with that so anyways social media that's yeah, where we're going yep, with this uh, instagram <laughs> i'm so tired instagram and twitter at h-h-i-b-k-h podcast i'm on instagram zoe's on twitter hit us up we're cool some we're there sometimes we're there yeah we're doing our best yeah we, we do our best it's hard life's hard life's Ooh. weird life's hard but podcasting is fun that's true i like this i do, do too like this? i'd like this a lot okay cool like a lot Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time. Haunt her. I barely know her. Boy, there's weird grasses. You have a voice just crying. I know it did so bad. <gasps>